This is It Was a Thing on TV. Spoiler number one is Dr. Lee Franz. It stinks. What is going on? <laughs> what is going on? Episode 115, Submission 1714, Caesar's Challenge. Challenge, challenge. Caesar's Challenge aired on NBC Daytime from June 14th, 1993 to January 14th, 1994 for a total of 155 episodes. From the entertainment resort capital of the world, Caesar's Palace in Las Vegas, Nevada is the exciting new prize Maximus Letter Perfect Game Show, Caesar's Challenge! Ladies and gentlemen, Ahmad Rashad! From the entertainment resort capital of the world, Caesar's Palace in Las Vegas, Nevada, it's the exciting new Rise Maximus Letter Perfect Game Show, Caesar's Challenge! Ladies and gentlemen, Ahmad Rashad. Holy crap, we did like the whole open acapella. Oh, oh yeah, uh, Greg and I used to do acapella opens all the time. Oh yeah, while you were gone, we did it all the freaking time. I thought you were going to I just wanted to say, let her perfect. Because... Uh, our announcer, or announcer guy, Steve Day, loves to enunciate his consonants. Well, guys, th- this one's sort of a, uh, a de- I don't want to say de- necessarily depressing uh, episode, but this is the last of the NBC daytime game shows. Aww. Now, remember, th- there were very slim pickings back in... Uh, in, in the uh, early to mid '90s, uh, when it came to game shows, and yeah. they were definitely uh, on the outs. It was basically uh, okay. The game show realm was basically Wheel, Price, and Jeopardy, Jeopardy, and that was it. And that was it. And, and, and maybe you can include something like Studs. Uh, we got uh, Letterman or uh, Studs. You can either have uh, Studs or uh, Letterman. So yeah, and. and even though this was the last NBC uh, daytime game show, my gosh, it ended on a high note. This is a superb, superb game show. Yeah, this would be, I guess this would be NBC's sort of event game show You from the fact that you're giving away tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars and you're in Las Vegas? Yeah. And you got and you got an, an up and coming talent from the network sports division in Ahmad Rashad hosting. And this would really be the genesis of of Ahmad Rashad moving from Ahmad Rashad football player to Ahmad Rashad 
television presenter. Well, he would have been in the sports division for, what, a solid decade at this point. Yes. With the NFL and then eventually the NBA on NBC. Yes. Yeah. And and then obviously he uh, transitioned. I don't know uh, when this started, but it was around this time. NBA Inside Stuff. Oh, yes. NBA Inside Stuff. Yeah. Oh, Will, yeah. Because with, with Will uh, Obey. Will Obey. Yeah. Yeah, Will Obey and later Will Summer Obey. Sanders. And later Summer Sanders. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that was the jam back in, on Saturday morning after you watched Saved by the Bell, the new class. Time for NBA Inside Stuff. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> you got to get your Grant Hill fix. Yes, sir. Where else can you watch Shaq record his, his rap you, know I got, <laughs> you know I got skills. Shoot, pass, slam. Do you? Do you want me to shoot it? No, I have that rap album. You have that album. Oh my, oh my god! god. <laughs> it is so fantastically bad. Oh, it's going to be covered in a podcast, a spinoff podcast, one day, along with Randy Savage's rap album. Oh my god! Yeah, did you know Randy Savage had a rap album? I did not know Randy Savage had a rap oh, album. Oh, okay, I'm just getting this out of my system now. I don't want to get any crap for having Jingle Cats on CD or Regis's Christmas <laughs> album. What the no, hell? No, not everything Regis admitted. What the hell is Jingle Cats? It's exactly what you think it is. Exactly what you think it is, and it's cute. <laughs> I'm on the floor right now. I still haven't gotten up in 20 minutes. I'm dead. <laughs> okay, so... Hold on, hold on, hold on. Uh, you're, no, hold you're on. not sending me a link to Jingle Cats. You're not sending me a link. No, no. Just, just, just be quiet and listen. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> I've heard this. Oh, Jesus. This is oh. Oh. Some of those cats had a little bit of uh, in-house sweetening, you can tell. Oh, yeah. Uh, okay. Um... They, they were definitely doing the Phil Spectre Wolves down stuff on those cats. Okay, also, j- just for uh, full disclosure, I did not purchase that. That was my sister's. I just happened to get it after she, uh, uh, yeah. 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 So, 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 trust me, it's not mine, but it's in my uh, rotation of holiday songs. And, hey, it's appropriate. It's after Thanksgiving. So, yeah. in Jingle Cats, meow, meow. Well, I was listening to Monty Python's Ho Ho Ping Ho, so I'm totally ready. I'm totally ready for the holidays. Hey, yeah, we're talking about a TV show here. Yeah, and then all of a sudden we're talking about wait, we're talking about Christmas. Okay, Uh, okay. So, like, so this was going to be NBC's sort of event show. We're giving away stacks upon stacks of cash money dollars. And you have Ahmad Rashad, the star of NBC Sports, 
hosting it. Oh, yeah, and for the ladies, we have uh, a gladiator. A Caesar's, uh, a Caesar's Palace gladiator. Most of the runner would be Dan Doherty, but of course you'd have uh, late the late poker star Ch- D- Chad Brown. Yeah, 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 he was a, a very good poker star. Yeah, and, and uh, sadly and, no longer with us. Yeah, sadly he passed from cancer a number of years ago. But also, I believe this is an entry. Uh, he was a co-host on Ultimate Poker Challenge, which I am pretty sure I nominated because, good heavens, that was the worst poker show ever. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it, it was hey, very What bad. do you want for syndicated money, Mike? Um, boy, there's so many ways I could answer that. <laughs> and it, had nothing, it had nothing to do with syndicated money in terms of you know the prize money, there were other issues I had with it. But again, that's another show for another day. Hey, besides Dan Doherty and Chad Brown, there was a third one. I don't even remember. A third there was a one. third. Centu- there was a third centurion. Wiki says somebody named Zach Ruby was a centurion. I don't remember anybody besides Dan Doherty and Chad Brown. Okay, Zach Ruby was actually on the early installments of Caesar's Challenge. It must have been really early because I think I've seen uh, the first episode and fourth episode, and I don't remember him. But yeah, he he must have been must have been a fill-in or something. Must have been. Well, okay. Now, we talked about uh, the people in front of the scenes. Let's talk about the people behind the scenes, because we had some heavies behind the scenes here. Uh, Rick Rosner. We're talking about three or four years removed from him doing Hollywood Squares. And he did a really good job. He did a really good job with Hollywood Squares in the 80s. I mean, not many people would have thought to take the show on the road like he did. Oh, yeah. Really good job there. Oh, the New York the, shows from Hollywood Squares in that 88 And, and the race. beach shows. The, the Miami oh, beach shows. The Hollywood, oh. Florida shows, yes. Oh, man. That, that, that was some sick shows there. And also, oh, oh my God, also, today I learned Harry Friedman was a producer. Uncle Harry, what we call him on WLTI. Uncle Harry was a producer on this show. And just about everything he touched turned to gold. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, tr- true legend. Um, but also, uh, we should mention the announcer was Steve Day. If that name doesn't ring a bell, the only other thing I remember him announcing was Just Men. Also, a Rick Rosner show. Yep. Uh, and, and, but, and, oh, we got to mention the theme music. Oh, that's a that's Stormy Sachs joint. That is a bop. And if you listen to it, if you listen to the open and some of the music cues, you can tell it's Stormy Sachs. It has a very similar vibe to the Hollywood Squares music. It has that incredible sax sort of. Oh well, yeah. Stormy Sachs loves his saxes. Yes, absolutely. That sexy sax solo, we like to call it. 
Okay, so, and, and also, this would be, fun fact, the only game show produced by... Da, 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 Shing! da, Stephen J. Cannell Productions. You, you guys didn't see me. I, really I, to- I totally saw you! I saw you! Oh, I... I'm still I lying. Totally I'm still lying on the ground. I didn't see it. <laughs> I can't wait to see what oh. I'm recording. Wait, wait, wait! Why are you still lying on the ground? Did Carter Country hurt you that much? It did. <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, oh. Okay, so we talked about the front of the house. We talked about behind the scenes. Now let's talk about the game, which is sort of like. What would happen if Jeopardy and Wheel of Fortune had a kid, and it was raised by and and it was raised by a slot machine? Yeah, that that seems like a, a fair interpretation of it. Yeah. Okay. So three. So three contestants. Three rounds of play. And each round, you had to place. You had to place a letter. In, you place a letter in a jumbled word. Yeah, and you get that, and you do that by uh, by answering questions. And every letter and, is and they're multiple choice, and they're multiple they're, choice they're questions. Difficult. But also, we should add there is a theme to each puzzle. And for a while, they mentioned the theme, but after a while, they said, "Yeah, maybe we're giving away too much information." The theme uh, didn't just relate to the the word, the mixed-up word. It also related to every question asked in that round. So the thing is, if you're a smart player and they don't say the category, okay, after one or two questions, you might be able to, uh, to, to guess, oh, this is about politics, or this is about cooking, or this is about television, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Okay, so after a question was asked... First player to buzz in with the correct answer won money and got to place a letter. If a contestant buzzed in with an incorrect choice, the other two were given a chance to answer the question. If another person got it wrong, then the third player got the got the money and the placement. Now each now like you said, Mike, each each of the words fit a specific category. Each of the words and the questions in a specific category this was changed so only the home audience could see the category and Ahmad only revealed it after the words have been solved a correct solve of the war of the puzzle paid off at a hundred dollars per letter in round one we should well, say a hundred dollars per letter that uh, was not placed in the word yeah $100 for unpla- paid off at $100 for every unplaced letter. In round 2 that was 200 and in round 3 that was 300. And each correct answer was worth 100, 200 and $300 depending on what round was uh, in play. Now in each puzzle there is a lucky slot. Now, in the lucky slot, if you place a letter in that slot and immediately solve it, 
you win a cash bonus, which started at 500 every day and increased by that amount for each word went unclaimed, resetting to 500 once somebody claimed it. Two words were played in each of the first two rounds. The third round had uh, a time limit, and the player was in, uh, the player in front at the end would win. But uh, if they were in the middle of a word, if they were in the middle of a word, then they would sort of do a speed word. That's the best play- yes, yeah. And again, uh, the payoff is three hundred dollars per unplaced letter, which. That really uh, was the difference in a number of shows. Uh, that last speed word esque filling in of the, the the last word of the game. Mm-hmm. Okay, now uh, the winner didn't get money. The win the winner did not get their bank of money. Here's here's where here's where things get a little bit weird in terms of prizes. The winner got to buy a whole battery of prizes with the money they just with the money they just won but ultimately that was chucked out the window in uh, favor of just giving them a prize package equivalent to the money that they just won does that sound a little bit crazy to you because it sounds crazy to me sounds a little cheap to me yeah, yeah. Uh, because uh, on some of the shows, uh, the, the winning contestant might win six thousand dollars, seven thousand dollars, ten thousand dollars, and the prize package they won doesn't sound like it added up to ten thousand uh, dollars. Plus, also, I mean, it's not like Wheel of Fortune where okay, if you don't have enough money, you can put it on account. Nope, you just get instead of ten thousand dollars of prizes. Eh, probably $8,500 of prizes, let's say. And the other $1,500, you are just going to have to figure that one out. You're giving it back to Rick Rosner. Mm-hmm. Now, this, now, this round, now, the bonus round had two formats in the course of its six months. The, first, the good format and the bad format. I'm the just- good format and the bad format. Let's start with the good format. The first format, the good format, had a gigantic letter jumbler that would deposit letters into a rack until a valid nine-letter word from the dictionary was formed, at which point you would hear this. Caesar says stop. We should also add that uh, this jumbler is actually a cylindrical cage not unlike like a bingo hopper uh, that you might see, uh, like uh, that you get at like, well, not around any longer, but like Toys R Us or or Walmart, where you spin it and the number comes out the 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 bot uh, the, the the side or the top, and you know you know what I'm talking about. You, you see them at they're at drug stores. Drug stores sell that stuff. Oh I yeah, should, I should know. Yeah. Uh, another good example of this would be uh, the 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 Golden Bank on Golden Balls, which we talked about before. Uh, Golden Balls reference back to another previous installment. We always do. Okay, so you have a dictionary certified nine-letter word. 
and and the and the champion, whoever won the game, can place one letter. If he could solve the word with that one letter in ten seconds, he wins a car. Whoa. Yeah. However, if not, well, what what happens if they don't solve the letter and what? They, they come back as the champion on the next show, and they get two letters uh, placed in the right positions if they win. And then if they lo- uh, lose again or miss out on the bonus round, they get three letters if they get back to the bonus round. And actually, I believe the most letters I saw somebody get in place, and I don't know why I remember this from my wasted teenage years, the, the most letters I believe I saw was five, and I even remember the word. And this guy won the car on this word, uh, with, with five letters in the right place. Arizonian. What? That Arizonian. was the word that came up. Arizonian. It, it is. It is a dictionary certified word. Yeah, it, it, it's not. It's not unlike Ohioan or Utahan. It's it or North Carolinian. It's it, Oklahoman. It's uh, it's somebody that lives in Arizona. A R I Z O N I A N. So, so basically, be John. So basically, one on John McCain. Sure, why not? Sure, what? Sure, whatever. Okay, cool. All right, so he's the only, him and Barry Gold were only the two people, only two people from Arizona that I can think of in 1993. Sue me. True. Besides that, I was living in North Carolina in 1993. I, I, hey, Charles Barkley was traded to the Suns in 1993. Oh, yep. That's, yep, that's what oh, that's yeah. the well, Phoenix Suns oh, wait. the Showtime Suns. There. Oh, wait. Root Olsen. Root Olsen. That's four. <laughs> that's We're the second. name everybody in Arizona, Greg. Can think that, hey, if you're keeping score, that's the second straight episode I mentioned a college basketball coach from the 90s. <laughs> it's true. No, it's true. Often. Now, now he has to find a way to work to uh, fit Dean Smith in. But anyway, no, forget Dean Smith. I'm gonna find a way to work. I don't know. Like, wait, I'm trying to think. Hey, Greg, no, I no, I got one. I'm gonna find a way to work Rick Majerus into the next episode. <laughs> Hey, 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 Greg. <laughs> oh my God. hey, hey, Greg! I got one more Arizonian for you. Oh, Bill Bidwell. Oh yeah, Bill Bidwell. Is, there is was he, no baseball in Arizona back in? Is, it, is Bill Bidwell still alive? No, he he died a number of years ago. Oh, that's a shame. Oh yeah. my gosh! Okay. Oh boy. Okay, so that was the good. So that was the good bonus round. Now for the bad bonus round. You have five words of increasing letters and increasing difficulty. You have to start with the bottom, which had the least amount of letters. Work your way up 
which had theoretically nine letters. And he had 30 seconds to get all five words. Yeah, and we should say at the bottom it was five letters, then six, seven, eight, nine. I think this is a budget saver. Uh, because, Well, first off, not many people won the second format. No. Not at all. Uh, and it was just, I mean, I get, you know. Okay, was, all right. I, uh, you know what? I have it right here from Truth by Consensus Wikipedia. The champion was given 30 seconds to unscrabble all five words, and doing so, won the card retired him or her as before. However, a rule change that coincided with the introduction of this bonus format was put in place. If the champion made it to the bonus round three consecutive days without winning the car, he or she was retired with the respective main game prizes he or she had won. Oh, now that's cheap. That's just cheap, man. That's That's horrible. That's terrible. That's terrible. That's terrible. That, that, that's really bad. Again, the, the, the first bonus round was amazingly incredible, especially given, you know, we didn't have countdown solvers and word jumble solvers back in 1993 like we have nowadays. Thank you, Internet. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I understand maybe they gave away too many cars. Maybe it was too easy. But then you replace it with the second game, which was absolutely difficult. And most people didn't even get past the third word. They got stuck at the seven-letter word. I mean, if, if you got to the eight and to the nine, and obviously there was a, a couple of wins in that version. But, man, it, it just it reeked like a, a budget saver. It was a budget saver, especially when you c- consider that Champs had only three chances to win the car. Otherwise, hey, we'll see you at the craps table. Well, I will add this. Just something, again, that I remember seeing when the show reran on USA, which it did run for a number of months. They never actually got through the full run of the show, which is a, a shame. Uh, they, they ended somewhere uh, in the second bonus round, I believe. Um. One other thing that may have contributed to the, uh, the the letter cage being retired, and not just giving away too many cars, I'm not even kidding. This happened on a number of shows. I believe they were early episodes. At, at the open of the show, you had in big blue letters, Caesar's Challenge, and, and they'd, uh, they, they'd fill up the, uh, yeah, they'd light up across the board. And you had that letter cage spinning, rotating, which is a cool little effect. Oh, yeah. It's awesome. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, but there's one problem. During a number of, of opens or a number of shows, letters would be falling out at random. <laughs> so you'd have these balls falling out of the cage during the open of the show. They had and- no, so, so you're basically saying they had no control over their balls. Oh, jeez. <laughs> But also, in addition to this, I remember at least on one occasion, balls just randomly dropping during the open of the show with the Mad Rashad opening, and he's like looking up, and, and balls just keep falling down onto him and onto the set. Was it that hard to get like a twist tie or a, or a zip tie to to keep the uh, the, the ball 
what do you call it, the, the, the ball release device or mechanism uh, in a position where it can't release balls. Boy, that sounds nasty, but I'm sticking with it. I mean, it, it just seems so goofy. But And actually, I know there's at least one uh, episode on YouTube where the, the balls do actually fall from that cage in the open. You can see them as the, 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 as the cage rotates. You can see the balls drop. I, I don't get it, but it, it's, it, it's, again, another goofy memory of, besides which is a great show. I mean, yeah, maybe the productions are a little hackneyed. Maybe they needed to do some editing. But, damn it, I'm going to say it. The first format was a great format. The first bonus round. Mm-hmm. The, 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 the jumbled letters, whenever you get a nine-letter word, Caesar says stop, put up the nine letters in the order they appeared, and if you can unscramble it, we'll give you a letter, but if you can unscramble it, we'll give you a car. If not, come back tomorrow, we'll give you two letters, and then three, and then four, and then, and then like I said, five I think is the most because – because Arizonian was 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 one, but we should also note the biggest winner on the show actually is sort of a friend of the show, Chico, Tom Gower. Oh yeah, oh yeah, good good friend of the show, good friend of ours. Yes, uh, but also we should uh, take a side visit. Uh, there is a contestant. And really, I, I, you may have ringers on certain shows. This guy was a ringer among ringers. I mean, yes, you had people like Ken Jennings and James Holtzauer just winning tons of money, blowing away the competition. This guy, his name is Neil Bynes. In a um, proportional way, he did better than I would say Ken Jennings or um, or James Holtzauer ever did. And I know James Holtzauer won $120,000 multiple times on Jeopardy. Again, in a proportional way is the, the key phrase. So uh, he was on the show on the original version, the original bonus round with the mixed up letters. And he was a buzzsaw. Listen to these numbers and uh, feel bad for the other two contestants. The losing contestants had won $900 and $200. (laughs) Neil Bynes, by the end of the game, had won (laughs) $20,700. So he he essentially won everything on stage but the car. and, And then he went to the bonus round, and guess what the buzzsaw did? He won the car on the word gondolier. (laughs) Now, doing a little bit of research for the show. Obviously, he was a master at anagrams and word games. He actually did compete for a while in the Scrabble, like, world championships or national championships and didn't even do that well at it. So he was good at anagramming. He, he, He probably was like an ace at finding bingos uh, on your Scrabble racks. But uh, he was essentially a ringer of sorts because 
he was in that realm. He was in the Scrabble realm and word games realm. And again, and anytime he got control, A, he solved each puzzle. And the thing is, there's actually a YouTube clip of him uh, solving these puzzles. Obviously, I think looking at the numbers... I'm looking, no... I'm looking at the YouTube clip right now, and they must have really been hurting for money because there is absolutely no centurion at the board. Uh, no, it's because I, they said I think Dan Doherty was uh, sick or off that yeah. day. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, because actually uh, in the, the speed-up round... No, I, I believe uh, Dan Doherty appeared in the speed-up or He appeared at least at the end of the show because... Um, when they revealed the letters as they were uh, uh, as they came out of the tumbler, um, when when Dan pointed at the first letter, it didn't originally pop up because usually they'd go in sync, ding 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 ding. He pointed at the letter and there was no ding, and he had to do it like two three times and then ding, and yeah. So again, another little haphazard uh, thing that could have been edited out. Uh, but I don't think there's a way either of the other contestants could have even won a round. Maybe the guy with 900, but that's doubtful. But anytime Neil Bynes got control, he solved the word, but also I think he solved every single lucky slot. He found every lucky slot on his first turn and got the 500 plus whatever was accumulated in that round. Yep. I mean, he literally was like, the ringer of ringers. It just makes you wonder how would he have he done if there wasn't, you know, uh, win the car and be retired. How would have he done if he could last five episodes or how would have he done, how would have he done on the second bonus round? He may have done that like literally in like 10 seconds. He's just be like, Oh, Oh, edema. Oh, frigid. Oh, uh, yeah, uh, whatever the seven-letter word is, whatever the eight-letter, he'll just, like, right off the top of his head. It's like he's reading a list of words. Five-letter word, six-letter word, seven-letter word, eight-letter word, nine-letter word. Holy crap, he won the car in, like, five seconds. <laughs> oh, God, this guy is, this guy is incredible. I'm looking at, I'm looking at the, uh, supercut of his, uh, episode, He's up to. I'm, I'm halfway through. He's up to almost thirteen thousand. That's ten times what his opponents have combined. Yeah, like I said, at the end of the game, he had twenty thousand seven hundred. Oh, oh, there's the there's the centurion. Yeah, maybe he had to go take a bathroom break. Hmm. Uh, he had to go to the atrium. The, the show started without the centurion. Uh, but again, Neil ended the show with twenty thousand seven hundred dollars or points or however you want to phrase it, and his opponents combined had eleven hundred. So he only beat them by almost twentyfold. <laughs> yeah, this this Neil Bynes character, he is very very good. Oh, oh yeah, he, he's he's actually uh, partially the reason I wanted to talk about this because. He really is like a master of the game, and he, he does not get mentioned all that often among really great game players because obviously he was on for one day. Yeah. But he just like wiped the floor with his competition. He was like the Michael Larson of this show. Oh, yeah. 
And again, Ken Jennings before Ken Jennings was Ken Jennings. Yeah, and again, he didn't cheat. Everything was done on the up and up. And uh, just like Michael Larson, he, he just played the, the game the right way. He, 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 he played the system. And we should also add one more thing. And this was a nice touch at the end. The audience game. Oh, that was awesome. That was awesome. Yeah, where Ahmad and the Centurion go into the audience and give five-letter words to the audience members. And if they're right, they can take a handful of what's in the bowl. And what's in the bowl, and it's a big bowl. I mean, it's 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 a really big bowl. And it's got to weigh a lot because uh, of all the stuff in there. There's silver dollars. There were uh, there were casino chips to Caesar's Palace, but there's also uh, chocolates, sort of like sort of like the the gelt that uh, you get uh, at holiday times. Yeah, the the, the Christmas uh, coins the, that are the gelt, the Hanukkah gelt. Yeah, the Hanukkah gelt. Well, it isn't just Hanukkah. I mean, we, we had it when I was a kid, and we were not of the uh, Jewish persuasion, but still. So, so you you uh, put, took your hand, put it in the bowl, and you got silver dollars, casino chips, and uh, gold wrapped chocolates. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if you did, weren't able to solve it, which really a lot of the words were easy. There are five letter words. It wasn't like they were giving them Neil Bynes nine letter words and expecting them to to spell, you know, who knows what. Uh, they were really easy words, and I mean, they only had five seconds, but a lot of times the audience was unable to do it. That was a great audience game, a great way to close the show with the music playing in the background. Oh, I wish I was old enough to go see the show. I mean, I would have been 18 at the time. Uh, problem is, you know, since it was at Caesar's Palace, I wonder if you had to be 21 to be on the show. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. I, I mean, and remember, this is around the time that the image of Las Vegas was changing to more of a family-friendly atmosphere. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, Brian Griffin saying a whole lot about it. We we know about that. Yeah, and WrestleMania Nine, it which was around this time at Caesar's Palace, they made a big deal saying, "Oh yeah, Vegas is like such a family-friendly place now." That we can have WrestleMania in a parking lot in Caesar's Palace. No joke. It was actually in a parking lot in Caesar's Palace. Well, because Caesar's Challenge was recording inside. No, because didn't Caesar's Challenge not premiere till June? It's a yeah. jo- that's the joke. Oh, right. Anyhow. That's the joke. Yeah. But yeah, this was such a great show. To, to be a, a, the last game show on NBC, the last daytime game show uh, at, at the very least. Mm-hmm. And now, you know, we, we've talked about this about other shows. There's been other shows which have pop, uh, popped up on, on Pluto TV, other uh, Stephen J. Cannell shows. You, you know, uh, Greg mentioned it last week. Riptide is apparently part of the, the film rise. Uh... Yeah, it should be. But I mean, co- oh, it's I not... think that it is. I, I, it's not. I, I thought it was on Rip Film Rise. It's not. Oh. Well, it, it's out there. 
I, I'm sure, you know, the, the estate of Stephen J. Cannell doesn't even know about it. Uh, actually, there might be an issue there because uh, Stephen J. Cannell and obviously Rick Rosner, you know, you, you've got dual ownership there. Yeah, and Michael DeBelco, who helped create the show as well. So there, yeah. there's that. An interesting thing that I uh, – this is, you know, follow this under Today I Learned. There was actually an Israeli version of this show. Wait, there's a Caesar's Palace in Israel? I don't think they used the uh, Caesar's branding. It was called Casino Olami, which translates to Global Casino. It was was broadcast by Rochette. Rochette, it's an Israeli television network. I thought, wait a minute. Uh, It it literally translates to network. Well, when you said Rochette, I thought, wait a minute. Dante Bichette has a channel on his No, Rochette. Rochette. It's Bo Bichette. Let's get it right. Not Dante. Well, Dante would have been 1993 for sure. Uh, So it's a timely reference, but it's Bo Bichette nowadays. Yeah. Not Boba Fett, Bo Bichette. Where's Tamura Morrison when you need him, Chico? Uh, I, I, uh, I'm going to plead ignorance on this. Well, guys, I think we're just about done talking about uh, Caesar's Challenge, except I think we need to add one little thing, and Chico might be ineligible for this. I might be. You, you might be. We're, we're going to do non-eBay prices right. Okay. Non-eBay prices right. And, right. and you're like, why is it non-eBay? Because look at my background. My, my background says, have you seen Caesar's Challenge now taping at Caesar's Palace? What that is, and I have it in my hand, even though, you, well, you can probably see it there. It's a button. I, I cannot see it. It's a button. I, I see the button. I barely make it out, but I see it. Okay, but it's, it's the button that's the background on my Zoom. So, uh, like I said, it's thematic for this week. Okay. Chico was there with me when I bought it five years ago. Yes, I was. That's why I'm deeming him ineligible. And, I told, and I'm totally cool with that. And the thing is, I don't remember if you recall how much I paid for it. I do not. Okay. So but I'm I... going to stay out of this. Okay, okay, so okay. yeah. Uh, oh wait, oh this was at the wasn't this at the Gold and Silver? No, it was at the uh the um it was on the way back from the Gold and Silver. Okay. We we, we ran into like some sort of little curiosity shop uh which was Vegas oriented. And actually I believe it was Chico who brought it to my attention. Hey Mike, do you see this? And and he pointed this out and uh and he said, You're gonna buy that, aren't you? And I said, damn right I'm going to buy it. <laughs> I am. I did. And, and, and lo and behold, I did. And Greg, here's what your job is. Yeah. Clock game style. Okay. How much did I pay for this pin? Okay. Is it dollars and cents? Uh, yes, it is. Okay. All right. And we're not including sales tax. Okay, good. All right. First bid, right? First bid, yes. Nine ninety nine. Lower. Eight ninety nine. Lower. Seven ninety nine. Lower. Six ninety nine. Lower. Five ninety nine. Lower. Four ninety nine. Higher. 
Five dollars. Yeah, it's that simple. <laughs> okay. I was looking. I was looking for my timer. I was like, oh god, I should yeah. probably be timing this. Oh, right. he got it. Okay, cool. Uh, so now you understand why I paid five dollars for this. Uh, and the thing it's is, it's actually a really good button. <laughs> it, 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 well, but also, how the heck many of these could have survived? Because obviously, this was worn by. Um, uh, by employees at Caesar's uh, Palace, and I'm sure a ton of these got thrown away because they're like, okay, this doesn't have much value, especially after Caesar's Challenge got canceled. Unless the employee kept it. Yeah, obviously an employee kept it, or or maybe there was uh, some sort of overstock, or, or but but yeah, I mean these couldn't be that uh, easy to find. That's why I bought it more than anything else. Is it's like, okay, most of these probably got dumped in the trash probably in 1993 by, by Caesar's Palace employees. Mm-hmm. But it's not for sale. I'm holding on to it. It, it, it goes along with my uh, other things in my button collection. Oh, and actually, I can't wait till we start teaching again and I can wear my lanyard to school and I can have my buttons well, like my Price is Right button, and actually, and somebody's I, I, gonna uh, somebody's gonna ask you what Caesar's challenge, and you're gonna look at them and say, "I'm glad you asked." Podcast, baby. That's yeah. from the episode one fifteen. Hey, hey, you kids ever heard of a guy named Ahmad Rashad? And if not, I'm gonna tell you about a show called NBA Inside Stuff. That's exactly <laughs> the answer I'll give. They've heard of NBA Inside Stuff. Did you watch it back in the early ninety, early to mid nineties? No, you weren't alive. Too damn bad. You missed an era. You missed an era. You missed a mod and will obey. Give you all the good stuff. Oh yeah, you, you found out everything about again, uh, Jason Kidd and uh, Grant Hill and Chris Weber, all those folks. All those folks. Scotty Pippen, like Charles Oakley, all those guys. Oh, all, and of course we guys. know that that uh, Ahmad Rashad became really good friends with Michael Jordan, as 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 we know in the Last Dance. Of exactly. Course. Yes. Well, that's it for this episode. I don't have any more buttons to pull out or any more trinkets. Uh, yeah, Caesar said stop. End this episode. <laughs> Caesar says stop. Caesar okay. says stop recording. <laughs> Okay, Caesar's Challenge. It had Ahmad Rashad and a Centurion giving out casino chips and chocolate silver dollars. It was a thing on TV. Oh, and we should also add, I'm terribly sorry, we, we've uh, mentioned uh, Chad Brown's uh, other work in poker and stuff. We didn't um, mention Dan Doherty. Two what things is, he's famous for. Well, what's that? Famous. He played a bodyguard on the Valentine's Day 1994 episode of, wait for it, Married with Children. Oh, wow. And, okay. and, and, and actually on the same episode, uh, there was a, a, a not known actress at the time named Jane Lynch. So you oh. had Dan Doherty and Jane Lynch in the same episode. Coach Sylvester was on Married with Children? The no, host? The re- no, the host of the reboot of The Weakest Link was on Married with Children. That's why I said Coach Sylvester. 
And now the, the host of Hollywood Game Night. That's what I said, Coach Sylvester. Okay, anywho, Dan Doherty was, uh, played a security guard on uh, Married with Children, the Valentine's Day in 1994 episode. But also, and, and uh, I heard this led to some issues, apparently at some point, and this may be where that Zach uh, Centurion comes into play. I, I doubt it, though. Uh, he was a, an adult film actor. Oh. Yeah, and, and uh, supposedly some word got out about it. And yeah, that's not necessarily something you want others to know. You, you, that, that's something you'd prefer to keep hidden. That's the Scott Awkward suit. Uh, well, just remains for us to uh, spit, just remains to uh, cash out at the website. It was thingontv.com. There you can find all of our socials, all of our past episodes, and of course, links to our good friends at Play Speed Nation Pop, where we do the weekly drops that I believe this week. We're covering the it's, stuff. It's all the Thanksgiving stuff. It's all the Thanksgiving stuff this week. Yeah. Oh, by the way, I should also note that by the time this episode airs on our regular feed, I am actually the guest this week on Monday on the Place to Be Nation wrestling feed on the Place to Be podcast with Justin and Scott. So, for, so this will be my first time as a guest because I'm going to be because we're going to be talking about the July 1991 MSG Network House Show. Are you are you inviting Are you inviting the Gobbledygooker? No, the Gobbledygooker is not going to be invited. Although, guys, you, I know you heard about this, but last week at the Survivor Series, the Gobbledygooker won the WWE 24/7 title. And they had a graphic that said, new WWE 24 champion, the gobbledygooker. And the best part is when he won the belt, he said, gobble, gobble, baby. <laughs> and yes, that clip is going to be in the episode at the end. Gobble, gobble, baby. <laughs> I can't, Mike, 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 take us home, would you please? Now you know how I felt when I was was on the ground with my pillow because I didn't want to talk about corner country anymore. <laughs> that, that pillow is still on the ground, by the way. <laughs> I will take a picture of it right now. Caesar says it's time to end the episode, I think. Uh, again, don't forget the socials. Uh, <laughs> like, comment, and subscribe. Yeah. Uh, five stars or or Dan Doherty's going to come to your house. I don't know. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, ne- hey, hey, hey. Next week. Next week. Uh, oh, my- no, no. I'm sorry. I just looked at what's next week. Okay. First episode, cool. Second episode, Greg's going to go on a tangent. He's going to go on some sort of weird rant. I can just see it now. Wait, what is okay, next week? Wait a oh, I, yeah. I, yeah, next week, the second episode. I can't wait for this. Uh, I'm looking at the I'm – looking, I'm looking for my sheets. Why would there. I be angry about it? I love this episode. This is I great. didn't say angry. I said you're going to go on a rant. Uh, I'm not going on a rant. I, I'm, I love this. 
This is, I this is, I've been waiting all year to talk about this. Okay, I'm looking I'm looking at the I'm looking at the call sheet for next week and um yes, Greg is going to go on a rant. Um oh, which one? The first or the second subject? The, the, the second one. Oh no! The second, the second I'm not gonna go on a rant. I'm so I'm excited to cover the second subject. Oh, we I, get to, I, I, we're all excited because there's one there's one person I want to talk about in the second episode. Let's, let's we, we all know. Being, speaking of being excited, I got to put that episode on the list. Um. By the way, check Instagram right now. Oh no! Oh no! And, uh, also, uh, just uh, to give you a teaser about the second episode. This, I think, is actually the most recent episode, or the most recent, I think this is the most recent series, well, that we definitely, we It's like, this episode uh, aired in the last year. Yeah, I mean, we're not going too far back for this. Uh, it, It may be one of those episodes where you say, why are you covering it? But this is one of those shows that I saw, again, within the last year, and I told Greg and I told Chico... And Greg, I think, still has it on his DVR. I have it on DVD. I gotta find the DVD of it. Uh, that, that, that's how good it is. I, I told uh, both of uh, my, my compatriots about it, and Greg actually recorded it on DVD. It, it, it's something to behold. It's it's something, all right. So, uh, so as Chico said, don't forget to like, subscribe, rate, and review. Don't forget to share. We all know why. Uh, and also, and, and also, don't forget uh, five stars, nothing less, because be, because we sat through freaking Carter Country for you. <laughs> yeah, we well, I don't sit want... through Carter Country for four stars. I don't no, want. No. I don't want to relive Carter Country again. No, we're we're not reliving Carter Country. No, and Mike, I don't want to hear you say anything bad about Manimal. Okay, you sat through Carter Country. You could sit through an entire episode of Manimal. I sat through an entire episode of Manimal. Speaking of Manimal, it's time to end the show. Greg, yeah. roar us. Wow! <laughs> <laughs> Too much whirlpooling. All right, which letter would you like for us to place in this proper position, Neil? Hmm. Um, let's put the D. The D, please. You have 10 seconds. Audience may ask for absolute silence. Gondolier. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know it until I put the beam.